0: Welcome to the Artizo Podcast. Artizo is the Greek root word translated equip, which means to restore something to its proper use. It was used to describe a skilled artisan fully equipped to undertake a task. It's our hope that these five to seven minute snippets of story and scripture will, in some small way, encourage and provoke you to kingdom service. We began this series by describing the Greek word artidzo, which implies that things in the church are not as they should be. We're worn, tattered, and in need of renewal or mending so that we can be restored to our proper use. And Jesus, out of his great love for his bride, the church, has given her five equipers to make her whole and imbue her with purpose, Ephesians chapter 4. Last week we explored the two purposes of equipping in the church found in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 for the work of service and for building up the body of Christ. Then we walked through the first goal of equipping in the church unity and the text mentioned two kinds of unity in verse 13 unity of the faith the gospel handed down to us and unity of the experiential participatory knowledge of Jesus Christ the Son of God. This week, we'll take a brief look at the second goal or impact of equipping in the church. Maturity. According to the text, beginning in verse 13, equipping is to take place within the church until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. When our children were but wee little tots, We'd chart their growth on a doorframe in our house, and every time we'd make a new mark, their eyes would grow big, and they'd say, Mom, see how big, look. You see, they, they wanted to be big and tall and strong like their daddy, and each mark on the doorframe re- represented a visible, tangible step toward being like me. Well, the mark of our maturity as a church Is Jesus Christ himself his character his way of life and his teachings no longer are we to be children we're to grow up to maturity to become a people indelibly marked by the person and life of Jesus what does growing up to maturity look like Well, the text describes three characteristics of maturity beginning in verse 14. The first characteristic is becoming a people who are immovable and discerning, who firmly grasp the gospel and because of this can recognize and reject false teaching. The picture is of a ship at sea in the midst of a torrential storm being blown about by the winds and waves in the first century. There were those who would intentionally crash systems of thinking meant to beguile Christ followers, to lead us astray, to deceive us by underheadedness, charm, or persuasion in fact paul warns and reproves the corinthian church of this very thing in his second letter in chapter 11 beginning in verse 3 but i am afraid that as the serpent deceived eve by his cunning your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to christ For if someone comes and proclaims another jesus than the one we proclaimed or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted you put up with it readily enough in the first century the primary means of propagating false teaching was by taking advantage of a village or town's hospitality traveling house to house eating meals with people and requesting financial assistance from the residents Paul recognized what was happening and exposed the immaturity and childishness of the Corinthian church who were easily deceived by the various false teachers passing through their city. The Apostle John writes about this same practice in 1 John 2, verse 26. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. And we get further clarification about this practice in 2 John chapter 1, verse 7. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, the teaching of the gospel, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. And this practice has continued to this very day. However, in our day, the medium has become much more varied and complex. Not only do false teachers travel house to house, false teachings are propagated all over the world through the internet, especially through social media. To encounter it, we only need to pick up our phones. It's why it's all the more important today that we become a people who are immovable and discerning, able to recognize truth from error by filtering everything through the lens of the gospel. The second characteristic of a maturing church is found in verse 15, becoming a people who speak the truth in love. Now, the meaning of the original language doesn't really have an English equivalent. It's from the verb aletheo, which is translated speak the truth, but should be translated something like truthing. However, in the context of this passage, it might be better translated gospeling, which would involve both speaking and living in accordance with the truth of the gospel. It's the kind of speech and the way of life that embodies God's unique, unmistakable, agape love, unconditional, sacrificial love the second characteristic of a maturing church in the text is gospeling in love the final characteristic of a maturing church is found in verse 16 becoming a people where each person is working properly the word translated working is the same word used earlier in verse 12 paul is reminding us that a maturing church is a body of believers where every person is working hard as a servant. The analogy used is that of a body with many varied parts. The joints hold the body together and allow each part to function properly. In essence, he's saying the five equippers act like joints within the body of Christ. They connect us to one another and the world and enable all the parts to function properly such that we would become a people, as the text reads, equipped, restored to our proper use. Two years ago, my wife and I set a goal to run a 5K together, so we'd get up early in the morning when it was still dark and began developing our strength and endurance. One morning, while running in our neighborhood, a truck came barreling out of an alleyway, not paying attention to us running by. My wife barely jumped out of the way, landing in a pothole where she broke her ankle. We hobbled home together, stretched it, and put it on ice. Shortly afterwards, she began a two-year process of grueling physical therapy, stretching, strengthening, and healing. And finally, last week, we began training to run a 5K together all over again. In the same way, our physical therapy in the midst of our brokenness is strengthening one another in and through God's unique, unconditional, sacrificial love. And it's this very love that is the balm to our brokenness. This week we walked through the second goal of equipping in the church, maturity. Next week we'll begin a series dealing with the biblical concept of Trinity, who God is and how he's revealed himself to us.